Blog Here we go, baby. We go. Another edition of Choked Out Radio Live. I am your host, Jim Russell. Wow. It's been a long time. It's been a long time since I did an actual live show. I'm looking forward to today's guest. I'm looking forward to my guest next week, and we'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks. There's a lot going on this month. This month is a very, very busy month in the day job, so it makes it difficult for me to do a lot of things. Live from the studios in Linden, New Jersey, broadcasting to you worldwide, worldwide through Blog Talk Radio. I am Jim Russell, and there's a lot going on in the world of professional wrestling. Uh, no Mercy occurred a couple of weeks ago. Then you, of course, you had the House of Glory show locally this past Friday. Amazing main event between Ricochet and Amazing Red. And then coming up, of course, you have the Capital Wrestling October 14th, and this Sunday is no... Uh, it's hell in a cell, excuse me. So many pay-per-views, so much to track. Um, we're on the road to, I guess, Survivor Series, which in essence all roads lead to now New Orleans and WrestleMania 34. So, you know, a couple of years ago I had this vision or idea of, you know what, maybe I want to get into the wrestling business, of course, being, uh, you know, from a, of course, a non-wrestling capacity, but hey, you never know. <laughs> you never know. But then a lot as far as the backyard wrestling a long time ago, and I said, you know what, I want to give back to the business, and what way? To, but what better way to do it than podcasting? So I started. It was an idea that I flirted around with in 2013, uh, 2014. Once I closed on a home and and devoted a piece of the man cave to Choked Out Radio. Three years later, it is here. It is standing, and I actually, you know, three years ago, not today, but three years ago this month started Choked Out Radio, and uh, I've met a lot of great peers, a lot of great friends, and hey, let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. So now, you have this Sunday, of course, you have Hell in the Cell, which I'm not going to lie to you, I've been in and out of the loop (laughs) as far as what's been going on. I know the modern-day Maharaja is going up against Nakamura. But you know what? Let's take a step back. I, I didn't even know. I thought it was like lockdown. A lot of the matches were going to be inside the cell. I didn't know until last night <laughs> that the only two matches in the cell is the Usos against New Day. And then you have, of course, Kevin Owens against Shane McMahon. All the other matches will not be in the Hell in a Cell. I, I guess, can you? Can it be overkill? Perhaps. Maybe. Maybe not. Uh, but in essence, I guess these are the best two matches that you want to that you want to to have inside the cell. All right, so uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that in a little bit. But I'm going to have my uh, my first guest, or my only guest, is Mr. Matthew Ryan Shapiro. Are you in the air, sir? Hey, hey, how's it going? What's going on, man? Nothing much. It's a beautiful day in God City, <laughs> New York City, where the adults actually live. Ah, so good night. How you doing, pal? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. I was just like, before you chimed in, uh, before you called in, I was just talking about Hell in a Cell and, and, and talking about how, you know, I thought a lot of the matches were inside the cell, realizing that there's only two in the cell, which is kind of interesting after calling it, after the pay-per-view being named Hell in a Cell. So <laughs> that's what I was going over. <laughs> no hurry, man. Brother. No worries. <laughs> well, you hey, can't, man. you can't, you can't have eight matches inside Hell in a Cell after, after a while. It just <laughs> diminishes the value. True. <laughs> that is true. That is true. <laughs> but hey, but I, I mean, I, I, I suppose the best, uh, I guess, you know, the best two matches is the, uh, these amazing chemistry between the Usos and the New Day, and of course, anything involved in McMahon inside the Hell in a Cell is usually good. 
<laughs> All right, man. Let's get right to it, and then we'll you know we'll chat a little bit. So, so tell me. So, <clears throat> I want to let's talk. Let's talk about the beginning. Let's say, you know, for me it was WrestleMania three. As far as the first, let take me back to the beginning. You know, young Matt. <laughs> what was the first event that you said, ah, this is it? For me, it was WrestleMania three. <laughs> I don't know what it was for you, but that that was for me. Well, my my first memory was of professional wrestling. Uh, watching. Yeah. WCW Worldwide on Channel... I want to say it was on Channel 9. I think it was on Channel 9. And this is about 26, 27 years ago, sitting on my grandmother's Uh lap. And this has to be early 91, because this is around when she passed. So, yeah, I remember watching WCW Worldwide, like, with her on Channel 9. And ever since then, wrestling's been a constant part of my life. <laughs> Do you remember like who wrestled? Oh, was that or that was a thing? Was it No, I uh, just Buff? I just remember I just remember the like the upcoming promo. Like I remember that <laughs> that whole just like a a glimmer of it. But right. I remember the What was that now? Hello. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I was just I was just I was just listening to you. That's all. <laughs> If, if you if if you remember like any vague vague memory of of who who was wrestling on as far as on the uh, no on the I I don't remember the I don't remember the episode I just remember like up <laughs> upcoming like the upcoming on WCW like graphic like what town they're going to next or like a transition graphic I know I know and I remember uh, like later you were talking about WCW like when Mean came on I remember the good old days of the Control Center <laughs> and the mm-hmm. nine hundred. Uh, the one nine hundred hotline where people would kayfabe, you know, call in and about the latest news. So you kind of, you know, gave me a little flashback there. So <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. That's awesome, man. <laughs> All right, man. So fast forward um, a couple of years later, what? Uh, how would how did you get involved in pro wrestling? You know, you know, I, I like to hear these stories because a lot of the time is always the same way for the most part. You know, Backyard was it backyard wrestling? Was it I don't know. Was it stop motion? I don't know. What 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 was your first involvement well, in pro wrestling? <laughs> my first my first involvement in pro wrestling was doing a professional wrestling radio show. Uh, I hosted nice. a radio show on WKRB ninety point three FM out in uh, Brooklyn, and okay. I started doing that. Started you know talking to. I've been going to indie shows since I was fifteen, sixteen years old. So, you know, okay. you start meeting people, and then from there I transitioned into learning and starting to do commentary because I was doing okay. play-by-play announcing for, my for you know, college basketball, D3, community college ball. Okay. And okay. then I started, you know, evolving into a, you know, doing wrestling announcing, traveling around uh, the Matthew mm. Ryan Shapiro character uh, you know, who I am today started around yeah. 2011, 2012 uh, up okay. in C4 in Ottawa. I was told, hey, you have a suit. Uh, we need you for something. And right. that's the genesis of where I uh, got to today. Oh, wow. <laughs> now, do you find it easier or more difficult? Is it like, um, you know, I'm a sports guy too, um, or the play-by-play or the analyst role like in wrestling? Like for you, like what do you think is easier for you? Or Well, I started out as a play-by-play guy, so, you know, that it's all storytelling. It's just what perspective you're coming from, whether, right. you know, you're, you're leading the story or you're giving insight. You're giving those little – if I'm working right. with someone who is more of a straightforward announcer, I know what mm-hmm. their strength is. So I'm going to be right. more of the personality, more of the character, more of the garnish. So that's, mm-hmm. you know, your entire job is to make the match, <clears throat> excuse me, the match inside the ring as important as possible. Ensure that the two performers are, you know, given the most amount of credibility by your words. Jim Ross said you're like the soundtrack. And right. like Lance Russell, who just passed away on Monday uh, over yes, the yep. weekend, he, yep. he was the symphony, the voice, the soundtrack, the moral fence post for Memphis wrestling and that's our job yeah. as the announcer right. we're the sto- we are the soundtrack to what they're performing to 
Right. So now um, I want to piggyback off, off that. So now do you think it's better? Does it matter to you if it's like heel face or face face, heel heel? Does it, I mean, I mean, does it, or is it more just telling the story and, and, you know, developing the characters and stuff like that? It's what the situation, whatever the situation calls for. If it's a high level main event, you can lean a little more towards a centrist analyst play by play announcer role. Sometimes right. you need a little bit of character, you need a little bit of personality. And obviously anybody who's seen me at ringside or heard me do commentary knows that I have the ability to get a little bit of get a little bit out there. But <laughs> and I'm putting that mildly, I'm a sociopath. Uh but I... <laughs> it, it it all de- it all depends upon the situation. It all depends on who you work with, whatever they're comfortable with. If you're a good announcer or a great announcer, you know that hey, I need to not only accentuate what's in the ring, but I need to accentuate my partner's strengths and find ways to give them some sort of shine or some sort of rhythm or consistency. Uh, for instance, uh, Brand- Lewis, uh, Brandon Lewis. Wow. Brandon Lewis, who's not only a real close friend of mine, uh, the guy that I've done more commentary with, I think, than anybody except mm, possibly Rob Blatt because we've been partners for two years at House of Glory and Warriors. Right. So working working with Brandon, we can switch back and forth. Uh, right. I can be straight down the middle or he can be straight down the middle. It's you know, all dependent upon what's called for on the night in my – in need to put on the bow tie or am I putting on a regular straight tie? Right. Exactly. So, you know, you know, as we all know, a couple of weeks ago, Bobby Heenan passed away, you know, RIP. And mm-hmm. him, to me, him and Gorilla was probably one of the best as far as uh, together, as, what, as far as beating off each other, like he was mentioning. It's kind of a lost art. I mean, no disrespect to the Corey Graves of the world and all that, but why do you, like, what's the difference between, what do you think is the difference between then and now, you think, as far as as far as the commentating rules, like all their positions in wrestling today? It's it's a constant evolution. Uh, you right. saw in the beginning of professional wrestling announcer with guys like Ray Morgan, who's a more, or a Jack Brickhouse, more straight ahead. Yeah. Welcome to championship wrestling, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight we're going to have this exciting guard for you. And then as yep. we got into the 1970s, we got Gordon Soley. We got Lance Russell a little more personality, a little more relatability. And then in the 1980s, it was about, it's about selling the product. It's about being the, basically you're being the Billy Mays for your company. You're selling the talent, you're selling the brand, you're selling the roster. It's also about producing. Uh, As a producer of commentary myself, you know, as an announcer and someone who coaches and produces announcers, it's all about, what what each company wants, what's the philosophy there. You know, if you have someone in your ear telling you where to go and how to go, so it's right. it's a little bit of a, you know, can it can tend to be a little bit of a cluster, but it it's guys like Corey Graves that have natural rhythm, natural timing will always be yeah. good. It's all about how you handle having multi because it's there's more going on for an announcer now, especially at the high level, than anywhere Absolutely. else. Absolutely. And you, kind you of have... You. Go, ahead. Go ahead. No, I, please. No, no, I was going to say it kind of reminds you of the... It kind of goes parallel with the promos, you know, going into promos. You know how in the higher levels is all pretty much scripted as opposed to back in the day. It was pretty much a couple of bullet points, just, you know, as long as you hit them, and then, but you could bring inject your own personality into it. You know what I mean? It kind yeah. of reminds you of that in a way. <laughs> yeah, man. Because if you're um, if you if you're an announcer in the WWE, I just wanted to make this. You not only have to call the match, you have uh, your your run sheet in front of you. You have specific things you need to get out there. You have specific sponsors you yep. need to get out there. You have the producer yep. basically talking you through everything. So it's it's yep. a shout out to those guys for especially Corey Grace who does two shows a week. Uh, yep. th- and almost did three at one point. Three so good on him. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> all right, man. So let's get back to you. So, all right. So you started, uh, you uh, obviously the radio show, and you eventually got into managing, right? Um, so how did you? Now let's fast forward as far as Capital Wrestling. Um, how did you get into that? How did you get into the whole? I guess 
the promoter standpoint, from that perspective or that angle? How'd you get into that? Well, uh, that started around 2014, uh, at least in the promoting side of things. Uh, I was given the opportunity with a company based out of the Bronx to book a show. Uh, right. I thought it went well. It necessarily didn't go the way we wanted it to. The promoter, the original, the the money guy, decided to walk away. A few months later, right. I joined the great guys over at 2KW Pro, and I was one of the promoters. I was in charge contract contact contracting ta- contract contacting. There we go. That's the word. College education <laughs> contacting <laughs> talent. Uh, you know, coordinating, building up sponsors, and Choked Out Radio is now a sponsor of Capital Wrestling. We'll be having more information on that over the next few days. Thank you so much for joining the Capital Wrestling family. Uh, But coordinating with sponsors, getting camera people, formatting shows. I've been producing content since I was 18, whether it's radio, visual, and now pro wrestling. So I started doing that, and then about a year ago, just yeah, just about a year ago, uh, Marcus Dowling and I, who is my partner in Capital Wrestling, the co-creator of Capital with us, uh, he and I were talking, and this is when I was working for the National Hockey League on their Centennial Project. Uh, mm-hmm. I had a little bit of free time at the office, and I found some all-star wrestling from East Tennessee. Okay. And there was this guy. There's this guy named Ron Wright, and if you've ever watched Smoky Mountain Wrestling, especially early Smoky Mountain Wrestling, you'll recognize okay. Ron Wright as the manager of the Dirty White Boy. It's up on the network. It's worth a watch. The entire okay. episode is built around him slapping a referee. Right. And the the whole story arc, the episodic nature of it, just the whole thing. I sent it to Mark. He's like, "This is what I want. This is what I want to do." Because we've talked about oh, the wow. capital for three years, these, it, going back to 2014, 2015. Right. It's what we both wanted to do. Just it took various permutations, and this was the right time. Right. So we we got a logo done by Susie Q, who is one of the best unsung heroes in professional wrestling, whether it's a fan or a graphic artist. You can her work is second to none. We have an art team at Capital Wrestling, whether it's Benjamin Falbo, Art by Earl, Scott Modrzinski, uh, or Susie, who put out some of the best art in pro wrestling. Uh, I've talked with people at various places that do deals with the WWE, and they were impressed by the work that we've been able to put together as a company. So it's it's a real you know boon for us. We got the logo. We got the building, and then we started developing relationships, getting talent, building out what we wanted it to be. And nearly seven months and 26 episodes of television later, we're at a point where we're getting into a really good rhythm. I've got some, I got some really good news told to me today that I can't talk about yet, but I got some really <laughs> right. good news no. <laughs> Got some really good news that uh, was uh, explained to me on my uh, commute home from work today, and right. a lot of good stuff going on. And this is, you know, when you grow up, you you, you want to be the best version of yourself. And I feel like the best version of myself is the guy that produces Capital Wrestling, at least professionally. Uh, personally, professionally, it's per- personally it's the guy walking his dog and lying down and watching television, that's, that's the best version of me personally playing Madden and just <laughs> vegging out on my couch with my dog. But that's just, you know, my opinion. Hey, man, so um, did you have um, – so I know you obviously grew up in the business. Now, as far as, um, you know, you were producing and all that, um, did you have any schooling or you're just basically just like from experience that you're just being able to put this together with Mark and all that? <laughs> Well, in terms of just like traditional education, uh, you know, graduate of Kingsborough Community College, did some work for their television and in radio. I've been in broadcasting 10 years uh, this past July. So I've worked for WKR. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, I've worked (laughs) as a host. I've worked as a producer, play-by-play guy, uh, you know, board, you know, everything I've done practically every job you can do in a radio station uh, working either for WKRB in Brooklyn, WRHU on Long Mm -hmm. Island, where 
I'm staring at it right now, my Associated Press Award for Best Newscast in New York State for 2011. Uh, So that's a nice little thing in my pocket. As a reporter, um, I worked as an associate producer and technical director for Bloomberg Radio. I've worked for the Opie and Anthony and Ron and Fez shows as an intern. I've, you know, I've been around. I've worked when I worked at Ring of Honor uh, for a brief mm-hmm. period. I was sitting in production trucks or learning how to format and time out television from guys like Kevin Kelly and Dan Bynum. And Dan Bynum is, if you don't know who Dan Bynum is, you should. He was the director of World Class Championship Wrestling, was a director and producer for World Championship Wrestling, and was one of the guys responsible getting Ring of Honor on television uh, as the early director and producer of their weekly television, their pay-per-views, their iPay-per-views. Dan is one of my mentors and one of my favorite people to just, you know, talk about wrestling and the production side and things like that. When you get to stand there and learn from guys like that and Jim Cornette and just bounce around independent wrestling, it's, it takes a variety of experience to be successful in any field because you need to see it from all sides. You need to see it from a, a grunt, like entry-level guy. You need to see it from a producer side, and you need to see it from a talent side. So you understand the logistics and the work that goes into all three component parts. And I've been very lucky and very grateful to have been all three and work with some of the finest people in this or any industry, and it's a very valuable thing to have. If you're, if you're looking to get into media or get into the wrestling business, it, it's, it's all about showing effort, showing up, Absolutely. being willing to carry in the ring wearing a suit, uh, get, get any part of you utilized in any way possible for the betterment of the product. If you show you're dedicated, if you show you work hard, I have an entire staff that have grown from things like that. I've had uh, interns who are now producing things and coming up with content and pitching ideas because if we do not grow the next generation of great thinkers, great talkers, great producers, wrestling will stagnate. And uh, one of the things, uh, remember the United Wrestling Network and one of our sister promotions, uh, believes in the idea of for our generation, by our generation. And we're looking to foster the next generation of either talent on camera or off camera. Wow, that's amazing. Well put, well said. <laughs> Absolutely, totally agreed. As far as the, um, from a, from a, <laughs> as far as from a uh, biz, uh, business perspective, was that difficult as far as, um, getting the wrestling license and all that stuff as far as from that perspective well, in, in this in the state of new jersey you don't need a license there's like in, you need insurance and things like that okay. but that was a strategic <laughs> choice to not run in new york because of all <laughs> the nonsense and garbage with the new york state athletic commission i despise the new york state athletic commission <laughs> Trust me, I know, I, I know, I know, I, 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 I totally, uh, I get it. <laughs> All right, man. So you've been, so you've been with Capital Wrestling some time now. Um, tell us about the upcoming show coming up on October 14th. Oh, we got a humdinger of a show on October 14th. It's our next slate of television taping uh, for all of our television partners. Uh, we're so grateful to work with guys like Nick Hausman, Eric Bischoff, Andrew Zarian. Uh, you know, our executive producers and operators of our television platforms, they're fantastic people. But on October 14th, we're bringing you a nine-match, nine-episode card for Capital Wrestling Television. It's going to feature some great action, a double main event, Anthony Gangone kicking on Matt McIntosh, which is a match that we've seen before, but seeing it in the Capital will be a definite, definite experience change for a lot of people. And it's the first time in New Jersey, so I'll, I'll put that feather in our cap. And the second main event, what's going on last? Uh, Logan Easton LaRue returns to Capital Wrestling. You've seen him in Nova Pro. You've seen him in CWF Mid-Atlantic. And you saw somebody who looks like him in Chikara. And they'll be take, he'll be taking on the Concrete Rose, the pride of Jersey City, Sonny Kiss. 
in our second main event, and those matches are sponsored by the Squared Circle Sound Off. And, you know, it's an awesome thing to see people like you, people like the Squared Circle Sound Off, you know, all these great podcasts and members of the wrestling community sponsoring our main events, sponsoring our matches, and being a part of what we're doing because we're trying to build a community here in Capital Wrestling. Yeah. And every community needs a champion. And on October 14th, we're crowning the first ever Capital Wrestling champion. And we're doing it at the start of the show. At 8 wow. o'clock, we will announce who the first Capital Wrestling champion is. You do not want to miss that. You do not want to be late, especially because we're going to start our, our – you know, everybody has a pre-show match. We have match yeah. zero, which yeah. is <laughs> like a a te- a tag team match between Hysteria, one of the best tag teams in the Midwest, and two products of the Warriors of Wrestling Training Academy, Sinclair and Ben A. They are known as the Apostles of Chaos, or AOC. The match zero concept is a 10-minute time limit, a 20 count okay. for the outside, and the okay. only way to win is by pinfall. You cannot, wow. lose, you cannot win by submission. You can only win by pinfall. And the winner of that match will get a guaranteed match on a future episode of Capital Wrestling Television at our next event, which is in December. Uh, We'll have more information on the date next week. Uh, Also in action, we'll see Juba versus Logan Black. We will see the New York Wrecking Crew against the Perfect Strangers. We will see Warriors of Wrestling heavyweight champion Jason Karloff in action. We're going to see for the Capital Wrestling Television title, Bo Crockett looked to take the title from our TV champion. He made himself the TV champion, but we're just going to let it slide. The colossal Mike Law. That is for the Capital Wrestling Television title. And then six-man action. One of the students of Seth Rollins, Ronnie Burton, will team up with the five-star stud Joey Ace and Nyla Rose making her Capital Wrestling debut, teaming up against the Danger Sanctuary of Timmy Danger and Ryan Zane. They are managed by Neil Sharkey. And also, one half of the Capital Wrestling Tag Team Champion, Sizzling Stand Styles, managed by the Femivist, Portia Vaughn. Wow. That's amazing. And I'll be there. I, I, I know I told you I was on the fence, but I'll be there on the 14th. So, uh, I'm excited. I'm very excited about this card. And, and Hoboken, like wow. I said, is not far from me. So, I'm excited about that. Um, I, I wanted to take a step back, man. Um, how... Tell me how this whole thing on the network came about, the IRW and, and, and Bischoff, you know, co-signing on it a little bit. Can you tell us about that a little bit? Yeah, of course. Uh, I met Nick Hausman a year ago uh, at this time at New York Comic Con. We were both helping our good friend Michael Kingston over at Headlocked Comics. Uh, if and he's from WrestleZone, are... right? Nick Hausman? Yes, uh, the executive editor okay. of WrestleZone. Uh uh, and I'll be on WrestleZone Radio uh, this coming Friday uh, on WrestleZone no. Daily so next Friday, okay. uh, the 13th. So okay. You want to listen to that one, folks. If you hate me here, you're going to hate me there. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I met Nick there. And if you're at New York Comic Con, head over to the Headlocked booth over in uh, at the con. Lita, Tommy Dreamer, DDP uh, will be there. And so will Christian. Uh, but for more information, go to Headlock or look up Headlock. Uh, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. But we met at the Headlocked booth. We became friends. We started talking. And Nick and Eric were building out the the IRW network, and they were looking for content providers. And we have a weekly television show. We have a 30-minute program. And they're like, hey, you guys want to come with us? Come watch us. You know, come join us. Uh, we said, yeah. And then they provided us an opportunity to be a guest on Eric's program. And they, you know, that was a awesome moment to talk with, talk with him, and you know, get, sell him on our product, sell him on Capital Wrestling, sell him on our experience, because that's what right. we're about. We're about the experience. Whether you're at home watching us on television, on or on the bus watching us on streaming, or at a live yeah. event, we want your experience from home to the Capitol to be second to none, and we. We try to provide that, and I think we do a very good job of that. Uh, but Eric watched our show. He's a fan of our product, and it's a great, you know, supportive relationship from guys like Eric and uh, Nick. Wow, that's great. That's great, man. And then my question, I guess another my, another question to you is, like, why 
um, why attend a capital wrestling event as opposed to like another fed? Like, what 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 differentiates yourselves from other from you know from uh, from the competition? Well, I we don't view other companies as competition. We view them as friends and potential friends. partners, and you know, a, a a a place for other talent to grow. A healthy professional right. wrestling business is a litany of companies growing and prospering. Um. Uh, the reason why uh, we we say come to the Capitol, we have a hashtag, come to the Capitol. Why you should come to Capitol Wrestling on October 14th is because it's an experience. It's something unique. It's something fun. We're taping for television. You know, not many professional wrestling companies, especially independent companies, tape for television. Yeah. We have a dynamic yeah. wrestling roster that goes yeah. from as far north as New England to far as far south as South Carolina. We provide great food, great music. We provide the fan a chance for one night for three hours to lose themselves in professional wrestling. And I get the jaded wrestling fan. I was one for a very long time. Yeah. But Capital Wrestling allows you to fall in love with wrestling. It allows you to experience characters, experience stories, be, the front, be to the front row seat to the evolution of guys like Sonny Kiss, Anthony Gangone, Matt McIntosh, the New York Wrecking Crew, Paul Jordan, who's six foot eight, two ninety-seven, three-quarter pounds. You get to witness all of these different characters in a different kind of atmosphere. It's it's about giving you the audience a reason to love professional wrestling, a reason to come out, a reason to shout, a reason for you to feel something different, for you to have fun. Our goal at Capital Wrestling is for you to have a good time. If you liked Sonny Kiss's match and you didn't like Juba's match, that's fine. That's you fine. Have fun. <laughs> if you want to come back, if you want to experience what we give you, if you like music, if you like food, if you like wrestling, if you like having fun, if you like on a Saturday night or a Friday night coming out, doing something cool, hanging out for a few hours, and then getting a drink with the people you just watched, that's what we're able to provide you at Capital Wrestling. Wow, well said. Well, you brought up a good point. Um, in the '90s, well, or back in the day, you had options whether it's the WCW, WWF at the time, ECW, even, and yeah, it, there was an opportunity for individuals to grow as as people, right? If, if it wasn't for that, you know, the Austin of the world would not have been born, and et cetera, et cetera. And no, you're right. You're right. I think competition, or not competition, but places for, um, I guess, a platform for for pro for pro wrestlers to 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 work their craft. I think it's it's uh it could only benefit us as as fans or or the business in general. You know, do you agree with that? I, I completely agree. Yeah man. Um all right. How um how can they buy tickets? How could fans buy tickets um to, to Saturday the fourteenth event? Okay kids, so here's what you're gonna do. You're going to take a look at our card. You're going to go over to Facebook.com slash Capital Wrestling. You're going to see all 10 matches. And you are going to go to tinyurl.com slash Capital with an O, I-V, the number four. And for $20, you can get general admission seats. Or for $25, you can sit in the first three rows, get the best seat in the house, first come, first serve on those first three rows. Or are you a family? You got kids? You got a girlfriend, you want to take her on a night on the town, you don't want to break the bank. We partnered with Groupon for people like you. We know, you know, it's it's the middle of the month. You're going to get that check on Friday, but right now it's a little light, and you're going to spend that money on food. You're going to spend that money on stuff. If you want to save some money, go to tinyurl.com slash capital two for one. And right there, via Groupon, you'll get two general admission tickets for $20 you are saving 54% if you go to capitalwrestling.com or to go to groupon.com and search Capital Wrestling. But if you want to support us, if you want to get those first three rows for 25 bucks, just $25, head on over to capitalwrestling.com, head on over to facebook.com slash capitalwrestling, hit that buy tickets button, head on over, experience Capital Wrestling, come to the Capitol, and it's, it's 20 bucks. 20 bucks gets you in the door. You can head on over to Brown Paper Tickets, go over to Groupon, put down a little bit of money, and have one hell of a time. 
Love it. I'm going to ask you one last question, interview, job interview style. So where do you see Capital Wrestling three to five years from now? Like, where do you see the future of it? Do you, um, like, where do you see it? You know, obviously you take it from where it's at to today, very successful. Where do you see it going down the line at some point? God, I just hope we're in business. Like, that's, that's just what, that's just how I feel. <laughs> God, I hope we're in business. No, but uh, prog- progressive growth. We've had a very aggressive first year. A lot of great things happen. A lot of good things happen. And some, you know, bad things happen. We've had to move venues. We've had things happen with other promoters who tried to work with us and, you know, created situations that were not advantageous for talent or for us. But my goal is to get us on, get us in front of bigger audiences, get us on higher platforms and we want to be the go-to professional wrestling experience or the go-to community experience for Hoboken. We okay. want to be Hoboken's professional wrestling company. Right. When you think of PWG, you think of Reseda. When you think of AIW, you think of Cleveland. If you think of world-class right. championship wrestling, you think of Dallas. If you think of Philadelphia, you yep. think of ECW. We want to be synonymous with Hoboken. We want to be synonymous with the city of Sinatra. We want to be synonymous with being a 10-minute train ride away from New York City. We want to be synonymous with the nightlife culture, with the great community there, the Hopes community, you know, the the building we run out of, the the Rue building operated by Hopes Community Action Programs. You know, they're, they're amazing people. They are some of the most lovely people I've dealt with professionally in my life, whether as a promoter or just a dude walking around wearing pants. They're, they're great people. They're very lovely and helpful people. And every person I've interacted with, every business owner, every business manager I've dealt with in Hoboken have been second to none. And I do so enjoy being a member of that community. And we just want to be... Hoboken's professional wrestling company. That's awesome. That's awesome, Matt. Matt, it's been a pleasure, man. We got to do this again sometime. <laughs> Anytime, my friend. Anytime. <laughs> Thanks, my brother. Thanks for uh, coming on and chatting about your evolution as Matthew Ryan Shapiro and and, and plugging Capital Wrestling. And, and I'm and I'm happy to support. And uh, thanks, man. Thanks for coming on. And I'll see you in the 14th. Thanks. See you on the 14th. See you all on the 14th. Capital Wrestling. Come on down to the Capitol. Get some classic wrestling for the modern fan. Have a good night, boss. You too, man. Thank you, man. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Matthew Ryan. Thanks, man. That was Matthew Ryan Shapiro. Um, excellent dude. Um, obviously, um, like a lifer like me, a uh, pro wrestling fan, and, and you, you saw his evolution to, you know, working in a radio station to being – being behind the scenes as a manager and now producing and now running Capital Wrestling, which I'll be there on the 14th in Hoboken. Yeah, man. So very interesting conversation. Um, awesome, awesome guy. Yeah, so then uh, now to shift gears, you know, this Sunday, uh, let's talk the E. <laughs> I have another, theoretically, I have it reserved till 11. I'm not going to go till 11. I probably uh, go, I'll try to go until the top of the hour. Uh, so, uh, you have hell in a cell, right? Uh, and obviously all roads lead to eventually Survivor Series, which eventually leads to WrestleMania 34 in um, New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh, Three-year anniversary, choked our radio. This is Jim Russell. For those of you who are just chiming in, just had a nice chat with uh, uh, Matthew Ryan Shapiro. And I have a guest next week. I'll, I'll announce it at the end of the show. Um, now, what I want to discuss is Hell in a Cell. So let's first discuss the main event. You have the modern-day Maharaja. You have Jinder Mahal, who's getting the JBL-type push, going one-on-one against Shinsuke Nakamura, which Corbin lost the money in the bank prior to some, you know, SummerSlam. We all thought it was a foregone conclusion that Nakamura was going to become the uh, WWE champion. That was not the case. Then there was rumors that because the Indian trip, the trip to India was coming up, that he was not, that he was, you know, that that is probably one of the reasons why he was not going to lose the championship. Now, there's a a lot of different angles they could get. They could could go. What I want to see, what what I want to see is 
Nakamura versus AJ Styles, a return bout from Wrestle Kingdom a few years ago in Tokyo, Japan. Now, will that can that happen? Yeah, it could happen. The way it's, it, it, it's going to happen most likely is Nakamura is going to somehow win the championship. Does he win it this Sunday? I don't know. Does he win it at Survivor Series? I don't know. Does he win it on a SmackDown of some sort? I don't know. Now, the question becomes, now, the question becomes, all right, once he wins, how is AJ going to get involved, right? Is he going to just, well, we're going to play that dumb thing where they're going to stretch that he becomes the number one contender for the next couple of weeks or leading up to rainy? I don't know. I don't know how that, is he going to win the Royal Rumble? I don't know. But first thing is first, Mahal has to drop the strap. That's the first thing that has to happen, right? So Mahal has been okay. Uh, the ratings have been, uh, I don't want to say good, I want to say bad, but let's, you know, Let's face it; they haven't been they haven't been beaten raw, but of course you can't compare two hours or three hours. Um, Monday night is very well established versus Tuesday, not really. You know, so there's a lot of different variables that go into that. The majority of the IWC is against Mahal uh, being champion in the first place. In my opinion, you know, in the beginning I thought Mahal was a terrible choice to to fight Orton for the championship at Backlash, but he he's proven himself. You know, not just physically, but he's put in the work. He has put in the work, and he deserves to be in the spot that he's in right now. Now the question becomes, does he lose the strap anytime soon, or does do they do a JBL from 2004 and let him keep the fight all the way to New Orleans? I don't know. I don't know. Would the, would the IWC have an uproar? I don't know. <laughs> but if you're asking me a gun to the head right now, as far as who walks out of Hell in a Cell champion, Nakamura. <laughs> I would say that. Why not? <laughs> Why not? But I, I, I think uh, my prediction is Nakamura, but if Mahal retains, I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised at all, especially now that I know that it's not a Hell in a Cell. I don't know. <laughs> my prediction there. And then... Also, of course, you have Kevin Owens against Shane McMahon inside the Hell in the Cell. I, I don't foresee uh, – it should be a very entertaining match. Um, I, I suppose that the payoff is going to be the Hell in the Cell. I, do I see them moving forward and further in the storyline? Per, perhaps, maybe. I'm not sure. But I don't – you know, usually the McMahons usually don't win these kind of matches. <laughs> but we'll see. But, but you never know. You never know where they go. Uh, obviously, I, I don't care who's a winner or loser in that bout. I just care that it's a very entertaining match. It's been a great storyline. You know, they always say that if you're not in the world championship picture, the next best thing is to be involved with a McMahon. And, the, and they've done a great job with that. Done a great job with that. So, with that being said, hey, let's see. Let's see, man. Let's see what happens with that. I just care that it's a very good match. And then, of course, the other match in the cell is the Usos against New Day. Those five men have tremendous chemistry. They had one of the best wrestling matches of SummerSlam 2017, which did not technically air, which did not technically air on on the SummerSlam card, and they, they killed it. They, they blew the roof off. And then, of course, they they wrestled at Cincinnati SmackDown. Amazing at the last pay per view. I'm losing track of all these names killed it and now hopefully the, the big blow off the big payoff is at hell in the cell now I, I i'm not a fan of the hot potato them going back and forth as far as um one week you're champion next week you're champion this is another toss-up for me i don't care who's a winner or loser i just care that's a great match and going forward hopefully they could have other teams involved in the tag team title picture i know it's a joke mm-hmm. the smackdown or a lot of the smackdown uh tag team so to speak but i but i think they're respectable i'm very entertained by Breezango. kind of the fashion files save save their wwe careers for sure because let's face it Fandango monster push in the beginning beat chris jericho at wrestlemania and then he just fell off the planet tyler breeze who had amazing momentum heading from coming from nxt he comes to the main roster and he's lost in the shuffle you put these two together you give him a camera, you give him a mic, and somehow have produced the greatest, the greatest vignettes, and, and and that's the difference. You know, sometimes it's not about 
total script. It's just about being able to allow two individuals to, to blossom and, and stuff like the SmackDown talk or Smack talk and the fashion files that kind of allows the individuals to progress as characters and Hey, and, and we'll see what happens. I think the fashion files is coming back. So that's, that's what I hope. I just hope for a good match between the Usos and the new day and, and going forward over the next couple of months that we see uh, other tag teams involved in the title picture, because, uh, you know, it, it, although it's cool, they're, they rivalry, right. And let's face it, the Usos killed it ever since they've turned gangster and turned heel. I, I love their, I love their persona. They have, they cut great promos and they killed it. They're knocking out the park right now. And it's all about what happens post hell in the South. Then you also have for the women's championship, you have Charlotte going one-on-one against Natalia, which I, from what I read, according to the dirt sheets is looking like Charlotte may defeat Natalia for the women's championship because they're going to play off the storyline of Ric Flair, you know, being and his health scare, whatnot, and the sympathy card. I don't know. I think it's going to happen. I, I think it's going to happen. Natalia is great. Well-deserved. She, she's been a veteran and has been, uh, been the veteran in the female locker room for over a decade uh, or close to a decade. And, but I think it's Charlotte's time and, I think she could really carry, you know, she, she's the best, if not one of the best women on the main roster right now. And she could really carry uh, the women's division heading into 2018 and heading into WrestleMania. So that's my opinion as far as who wins the women's championship. Of course, predictions, especially in wrestling, are, are, are crazy, right? <laughs> uh, and then what, what else do you have? I'm not, I'm not even looking at a website. You have Orton and Rusev. These are, this is a case of two. Uh, main event or upper main event guys, right, who have nothing to do, and they just kind of, like, plastered them together, right? And that's what I see. <laughs> there's no payoff. There's no fighting for the right for a number one contendership or nothing like that. Um, so I don't know what's going to happen. I, I don't know. It, it, to me, it doesn't – I don't really care. As long as it's an entertaining match, that's all I care about. And then, of course, you have Baron Corbin going one-on-one against AJ Styles. Um Conventional booking one on one, you know, says that okay, they make they've been making Baron Corbin look weak, losing the Money in the Bank briefcase, but you could say that's kind of because of other stuff. He loses to a schoolboy to um, Tyler Ty Dillinger, perfect ten, right? So he's making him look weak, and hopefully he's going to surprise us all at Hell in a Cell and become the new United States <laughs> champion. Can it happen? Most likely. I'm going to tell you what. Love, love that AJ Styles is the United States champion. Love that the United States championship belt, or, or in general, has had some prestige over the past few months. You know, going back and forth between Kevin Owens and AJ Styles have really elevated that belt because you know it was kind of lost for a while. But but I'm happy that you know, come on, the belt has been held by uh, Guerrero, Perfect, Flair, Luger, Sting, or I guess I think Sting, right? But, you know, I mean, after a while, it's, it's just kind of, like, lost its relevance. And then John Cena did a great thing with the U.S. Open Challenge um, back in 2015 um, when, when he beat Rusev for the United States Championship. And, and he put a lot of people on the map. Um, open Challenge to Sami Zayn, remember. Open Challenge to Dean Ambrose, remember. Cesaro put him on the map. And I'm happy uh, with what's going on with him. So, um, so. With that being said, I'm happy with what's happening with the United States Championship with AJ Styles, and we'll see. I don't, I, I foresee him. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen with AJ Styles. I just know that I hope he wins in Rumble in January. I just hope that he's in relevant storylines from October, November, and December. That's all I care about. <laughs> as long as he's in relevant storylines, October, November, December, that's fine with me. Okay. Am I forgetting anything? That's six matches. I believe is an eight-match card. I'm actually going to going to – I'm walking – I'm pacing around <laughs> uh, talking to you guys live on the air. That's probably why I sound uh, like I'm out of breath. But I'm not really out of breath. But let's see. Let's see what else is going to happen. What is the Hell in a Cell um, 2017 card? So I ran over – or ran down. Excuse me, ran over. <laughs> ran down. 
six matches. Let me just make sure that I didn't forget anything on the card, right? Um, let's take a look. Okay, so Shane McMahon, Kevin Owens, we discussed. AJ Styles, Baron Corbin, discussed. Natalia Charlotte, discussed. Ru- Orton Rusev, discussed. Oh, I forgot about this. Bobby Roode, glorious, is going to go one-on-one against Dolph Ziggler, which is weird. Dolph Ziggler's had a – yes, okay. Dolph Ziggler's tired of, of his role or his position in the company, so now he's, what, impersonating different entrances for what? For – Let's see the payoff. Hopefully, we, he supposedly he has the ultimate, ultimate entrance for uh, Hell in the South. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. And Bobby Roode, he he's going to. I don't think he's going to lose his debut main roster match against Dolph Ziggler. It should be an exciting match. Dolph Ziggler was the first man for Shinsuke Nakamura. And I think he'll be a great first opponent. Um, for Bobby Roode as well. I expect Roode to win this match. I'd be surprised. I think he would, he would lose his momentum. I don't think he would lose his momentum totally, but it will really be a big bummer if um, if Bobby Roode loses his match. And and congratulations to Maria Canellis and Mike Bennett, or Mike Canellis, whatever. Finally came back. As you saw, Dave Meltzer's, you know, talking all that, whatever, what uh, all that bottom line is. He went to rehab. I'm happy he's out of rehab. Happy he has a job. And and Maria Canellis, they're expecting their first child. Congratulations to both of them. <laughs> uh, for those of you who don't know the story, I'll, I'll give it to you a real quick rundown. Um, met them briefly uh, at WrestleMania 31 weekend, renting a car, and I almost crushed Maria <laughs> because the bus driver abruptly broke, and I almost crushed her, poor girl. <laughs> and then actually I described that, that same little story and Mike Bennett was there with Matt Taven at, at the time. And actually a couple of months after at the Elks kind of remembered that when I took a picture with him and Matt Taven um, at the Elks. So that's an interesting short story between <laughs> Mike Bennett and Maria. So, Hey, congratulations to them both. And I, I, I really hope that the miracle, he did a gr- decent job in, in TNA. I, I hope that, I don't know, Hootie piss off, but I hope that the miracle at some point uh, gets a push or the push that he deserves there. Um, all right. Um, so that's the Hell in a Cell. Oh, and I guess the kickoff match that I did not take into account, Shelton Benjamin and Chad Gable, I guess the new American Alpha <laughs> going against the Hype Rose, which they've been teasing breakups here and there. But we'll see. I think uh, Chad Gable, he would be a great singles competitor Shelton Benjamin will be a great singles competitor, but I guess this is good for the tag division to create depth, and and it's better to have these two guys together as opposed to just them being lost in the shuffle. So I expect Chad Gable and Benjamin to win, and then we'll see what happens with the Hype Bros, Hype Bros or Brothers, whatever whatever you want to call them, to see if they break up. (laughs) So we'll see what happens. So that's what's going down with Hell in a Cell. Making sure that I don't I don't forget. Also, yep. And yes, 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 yes. I think I ran down the entire Hell in a Cell. And then of course you have Monday Night Raw. The 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 big talk is the Shield. Wow, the Shield, the Shield. Yes, yes. The uh, the Shield is is rumored to return in Indy, where it started and also where it finished. Um, great great storyline. A lot of people. Some are against it, some are for it, some are against. They kind of X'd out um, Bo Dallas and and Curtis Axel, Kurt Henning, Kurt, you know, whatever, <laughs> Curtis Axel um, from that because that's because – but you know what? Like, let's face it, you know, it, the Shield for now we're, in 2017 is fresh in everyone's mind still, right? Nostalgia from that standpoint. And you know what? Uh, it's – Easy money, or I think it's it, it, it smells money for them to put them back together briefly, even if it helps out Roman Reigns, even as much as they try for them to be the big guy, the guy, excuse me, the guy, the big guy is right back, the guy in, in storyline. So it's easy, it, it's easy to do. Um, and let's face it, it's we're gonna get Reigns and Brock two WrestleMania thirty four. So what? So from now to then, what do you do? I guess you could just make, I don't want to say make cheap money, but you can make money 
as far as creating a storyline or, or, or bringing back the shield. Of course, it'd be cool if it was to me, in my opinion, I would, I would rather see the shield against the club. I would rather see Finn Balor, Gallows and Anderson going up against the shield. I think it's a money match and it's, and it's nostalgia from the bullet club standpoint, but that's me. But, we're gonna. They're probably gonna go with Miz and the Bar, which is Cesaro and Sheamus against the Shield at at TLC. At least that's what it seems, right? I I could be wrong. I I could be totally wrong, but that's what it looks like. That's what it looked like at the end of Raw. But I think the money match to me it, it would be that. But now what would have to happen was is yeah, Bal would have to finish his storyline with with Bray Wyatt, which I don't think it's going to happen. I, I believe the storyline is going to continue to go forward, which I like. I, Wyatt's always been known to have all these interesting promos, and then when it push comes to shove at the pay-per-view, he'll end up losing the match, right? So basically, there's no value, there's no substance in that, right? But now, going back and forth with, with Finn Balor, he beat him to start the storyline, he lost to storyline straight. He's he's playing mind games with him. This is the this is the Wyatt that I know. The Wyatt that I think you know should it could have still been champion at this point for whatever reason was all he was was a transitional champion for Randy Orton, which was a transitional champion to now uh, the modern day Maharaja. So, but we'll see what happens. That's the only way that could happen is if that storyline were, were to end, but it's not going to end for now. So I will not get to see the club against the shield. That's the match that I think would make a lot of dough, right? But that's my opinion. And speaking of the bullet club, I I didn't talk about it in my podcast, my regular scheduled podcast last week, but yes, we saw the bullet club outside invading (laughs) raw that happened to be in California. And I thought it was interesting with Cody Rhodes uh, being around and Marty Skrull, Skrull, however, however you pronounce the name, and, and the Young Bucks kind of cease and desist before or after that. So it's very interesting. I, you know, similar to a couple of years ago, even Bischoff, as Matthew Ryan Shapiro mentioned Bischoff earlier, he was talking talking about how one of the mistakes was they should have, you know, allowed the outlaws in, into the arena. Similar, you know, 20 years later, right? Should have allowed those guys into the arena. Imagine the buzz. Imagine the buzz that that would have created. The young, the young bucks, uh, Marty, Cody Rhodes. Oh, imagine, imagine the buzz that would that would do, or that would have if those guys were were to invade Raw and be allowed in the arena. That'd be amazing. That'd be totally, totally amazing. All right. On that note. So my guest is going to be next week is EC Negro, the King of New York, very good friend of mine as well, uh, friend of the show, friend of mine as well. The, his hired handgun Miguel, the hired hand Miguel, uh, Miguel, his his manager, very personal, close friend of mine as well. So, all right, man, it's been a pleasure. Just to recap, we had Matthew Ryan Shapiro on the show explain to me his origins, how it came to be, um, plug Capital Wrestling. And and then we got into Hell in a Cell just now, and I kind of just discussed briefly just the main storyline. I didn't get into segment by segment as far as what occurred in Raw, but basically I gave you a little summary, um, which is, yes, we're going to get some sort of S.H.I.E.L.D. reunion. Most likely it will happen next week in the city that it started, but but we'll see. We'll see what happens. So enjoy Hell in a Cell this weekend. Yes, and as and as you heard on the podcast earlier yes i will be or choked out radio is one of the sponsors of the show um so it should be good should be a great time um in, in hoboken on october 14th see you guys there i apologize i did not make the uh as i mentioned earlier the house of glory show on the 29th of september because of work but i will be at nyc arena having fun with everyone on october the 21st i believe that same day is the Jersey Old Pro Wrestling here in Rahway. Rahway's a hop, skip, and jump away, so I don't know. <laughs> but uh, but I, I think I'm going to go to House of Glory most likely, and I'll mostly part of you guys over there. All right, it's been a pleasure. This is Jim Russell signing out live from London, New Jersey. 
with Choked Up Radio. A lot to talk about. A lot to talk about. Take care, everybody. Peace. Peace.